Hello, everybody. My name is Richard. My name is Carl. And together we present our inaugural episode of Donuts and Dragons, our hopefully weekly video podcast where we cover all things nerdy from anime to animation. But we're going to start today's off with the exciting world of video games as we take a look at a brief overview of our relationship with Nintendo. And let's start us off with the fun world of Mario Maker. Uh, yeah, like Mario Maker is definitely the first Mario Maker was pretty awesome. Uh, and then Mario Maker 2 uh, added a huge number of quality of life improvements and overall gameplay enhancements uh, that create a huge variety of stages that you can create for quite a bit of fun. But one of the downsides to Mario Maker is what people refer to as the Timmy problem where when you go to play random online stages on Mario Maker, the algorithm can get a little dicey and you start having stages that are effectively finger painting with Koopa Troopas. Uh, but one of the ways to kind of get around that is to try and play uh, people's worlds because if you play a super world, usually people put a lot of effort in trying making sweet themes such as uh, previous Mario games. I don't know uh, how many of our listeners are familiar with the Super Mario Land series for the Game Boy, but it had some really cool ideas that uh, are fun to try and replicate in the modern format. We ourselves have put some effort into trying to come up with a couple of Super Mario Maker projects here and there. Nothing too big and splashy at the moment. One of my most popular stages to date is I remade several of the stages from Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. But instead of being able to fly over the whole thing, you had to collect all the hidden treasure to complete the course. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the older games, that, that, was, a, that was a problem with the speedrunning, is that you don't really actually uh, get to play much of the level because you're uh, just flying over the whole thing. Uh, so it's pretty interesting to create levels where people can try to speedrun, but they can't just cheat through the whole level. I mean, one of the exciting things with speedrunning is watching how people do manage to cheat. But Mario Maker as a whole, I mean, this isn't going to be a review where I say buy, pass, sell, but I personally enjoyed Mario Maker 2. So I think that's the next a good pivot point to go into a couple of the other Mario games on Nintendo Switch. And let's give right. a brief overview of Mario Odyssey. Oh, uh, yeah, Mario Odyssey was another, another great Mario game on the Switch. Uh, a huge amount of content. Uh, and a, a, a very uh, refined and interesting game engine. I mean... Uh, I, I can't wait to see what sort of actual sequel they make for that, because the most recent uh, Mario game they released was the Super Mario Land... Super Mario 3D World, uh, which was an excellent game when it came out on the Wii U, and it's uh, great that it's in, able to be pl played by, uh, by people who missed it on the underperforming system. I mean, for those who aren't aware... Super Mario 3D World was a four-player co-op, I'm hesitant to say 2.5D Mario game, but... Oh, it was definitely straight-up 3D. But it is the only Mario game that the two of us together actually went through to near 100%, if not actual 100% completion. Uh, you and I, that's our playthrough on Champions Road is the only playthrough that I've actually successfully beaten the hardest level in the game. Because sometimes you need the power of teamwork, friendship, and strategically hiding in bubbles while the other person plays the course for you. <laughs> uh, other sequels are, well, I guess not sequels per se, but but uh, 
the Mario Rabbids, uh, the first Mario Rabbids for the Switch, was an incredibly cool and interesting uh, turn-based strategy game. Do you know uh, they announced a sequel? Like they did announce a sequel. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were no you were up to date on that one. That's where I was going with this. I'm super excited for the sequel uh, because it seems to have some sort of uh, ditching the grid function where you can still turn based and you still have a certain amount of movement, uh, but it's not grid based anymore, which yeah, like, sounds like it could open a lot of strategic venues. Yeah, I think like I'm trying to recall because one of the games on PC I used to play XCOM had a similar you could turn the grid off and off, but you were definitely like measuring it almost with a ruler tape. And if we ever return to in-person D&D, part of me wonders if using the ruler tape rather than a grid has certain advantages. But uh, that's neither here nor there on this topic. <laughs> but did you know that the current speed run record for Super Mario Odyssey was done by somebody who used their hands and their feet to play two-player mode by themselves to get special clips and jumps? Huh. Because apparently, if you're playing two-player and someone controls Happy, Cappy, you can strategically get the cap onto a ledge above you, run under it, grab a star, then move the hat onto a capture to then teleport up and get to the next one without having to like go through the whole animation of collecting the star. Huh. That does sound like an interesting glitch. Yeah, speedruns, like... Games done quick when it airs yearly is definitely worth investigating. It's a charity speedrunning event. It is delightful. They do not sponsor this video. I'm just a fan of people playing video games to help other people. It's one of the best things you can do. It is pretty legit. All right. But yeah, however, despite Mario Odyssey existing, we never played that one co-op co simply because... Some games well, don't have great co-op. I'm uh, going to come out and say yeah, it. I mean, it. It was definitely nice that, that it had some sort of co-op... Uh, but it did leave something to be uh, desired. Um, Agreed. In, uh, like some... execution in that game. And to loop onto that topic, we go to Kirby Triple... Was it Triple Deluxe? No, not Triple Deluxe. Uh... No, Star Allies. Thank you. A game where sometimes when you try and make your game multiplayer, but also make it single player, you lose some of the value of the multiplayer. Uh, well, in that game in particular, uh, they had like this cool like uh, you you form together to be like a train or like a wheel or like a, a rope bridge, uh, but uh, they didn't really think of any way to uh, include individual players in in uh, moving those objects. So it's like all the players form into one super player, and then I mean, I guess every single player can either screw it up or do it perfectly. What's kind of uh, funny is they actually solved this problem back on Kirby Superstar with on the Super Nintendo, where if one of you was a wheelie bike and the other jumped on top of it, one could shoot while the other drove around. Like, uh, yeah, that one was awesome. Or to go uh, even further back? I don't know if Dreamland 3 was before or after Superstar, but they had the animal companions, and that would have worked really well co-op. Oh... Uh, the funny thing about the animal companions in that game in particular is that uh, you're only allowed one for both players. Uh, so uh, if the first player got onto a guy, onto an animal companion, and then the second player tried to get onto a different animal companion, it would kick the first player off of their animal companion. Uh, so they didn't quite nail it on that one. 
That was pretty close, though. I mean, one thing I would love to see with Nintendo doing first the Tetris Battle Royale, then the Pac-Man Battle Royale, then a Mario Battle Royale. I would love a Kirby Battle Royale where you're having a contest to eat the most fritters while people are running around as wheelie bikes. There's just a lot of potential there. Ooh. Uh, <clears throat> I, I did kind of enjoy those uh, the games where it was like you, uh, everyone's playing Mario at the same time and then you can like leave, leave traps for other players and whoever makes it to the end is the winner and be like a hundred people playing first couple levels of Kirby Adventure for the, for the Nintendo. Oh. I mean, to be fair, that Kirby be Adventure didn't have the awesome copy mechanic yet. That wasn't added until much later. And by much later, I mean the second game, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Which, in all fairness, I was a baby at the time, so I was not very actively tracking these releases. Not actively tracking these releases. But to loop back... Been, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you should have been tracking those releases from in the womb. You, you should know what the future is going to be mean, holding in video games. First off, North American Kirby marketing is genius. So, Kirby they thought would be too cute to succeed in the gun-toting Freedom Lands. So they put angry eyebrows on him. Just two slightly curved, uh, sharp, pointy eyebrows on Kirby to make him intense. And they had accidentally started the art phenomenon known as intense cute creatures. And that is my aesthetic. I am ride or die on Angry Eyebrow Kirby. Angry Eyebrow Kirby. Like the Kirby TV show. I was all about that. I could probably sing that song poorly from memory. It prompted. <laughs> but since we're running out, well, we're about 10 minutes into our show here. So, to pivot off Kirby for... Actually, no, I want a deep dive on Kirby. No pivoting away. So, we saw that Zelda Breath of the Wild was them effectively taking everything that was good about Skyrim, chopping and grinding into a fine powder, and having Link snort it. And created Zelda Breath of the Wild. The first truly, I'm gonna say it, the first next-gen Zelda game. Since they were basically the same game since Ocarina of Time. Yeah, okay. So my question to you, sir, is can we make a Breath of the Kirby? Is Kirby ready for an open-world 3D explore fly-around-on-warp-stars game? Hmm. Uh, well. Uh, that is a uh, interesting question. Um, I uh, don't, don't think they've actually done any 3D uh, Kirby games. I mean... The uh, Kirby 64 was, was like 2.5D. I'd go as far to say as it was just straight up 2D with 3D models. It was about as 3D as Smash Bros, which was not 3D. Was delightful, but was not. Uh, and they did do that um, that Kirby minigame where you, you had like a top-down top -down view to go through like tiny stages but i don't think they actually ever flushed that out into a full like full-fledged game however and since anytime i can work this in a conversation we'll try and bring it up kirby air ride for the gamecube desperately needs an hd remaster of new features because it is Ooh. a true unique product of gaming that nothing has ever successfully replicated before or after for the uninitiated kirby air ride Seems like it's a simplified racing game with its you only have one button 
and a control stick to play it. But they decided, and this is probably like, what, a solid decade before Battle Royale games? To throw you on a map, to break open crates, to correct power-ups, to build a vehicle, to fight a mystery contest at the end, was the most random, delightful things happening while you played it. Uh, Kirby Air Ride is definitely quite an interesting, uh, interesting game uh, that hasn't really been uh, replicated by uh, major studios since. Like, I'd go as far to say, even though it was only four-player at the time, I would say it's actually a racing battle royale game. With a little bit of Mario Party randomness thrown in for good measure. I have very fond memories of blowing your car up as you collect power-ups, and then being completely defeated when the mystery contest at the end is a drag race, and I built a tank. <laughs> completely defeated. But yeah, I would drop good money for a remaster of that game on the Switch to give it online play. And a few more colors of Kirby. And a few more colors of Kirby. But since we're on the topic of Nintendo games, there's two other big announcements that they gave recently that are probably worth covering. And the first I'm going to bring up is Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. So, for the uninitiated, Zelda Breath of the Wild is probably objectively the best game Nintendo's made. Disclaimer, I cannot objectively claim what is the best game Nintendo made, but I have a pretty strong feeling about it. Uh, it, it is pretty interesting seeing all the uh, strange glitches and features that are people, are, people are still discovering about that game. Uh, secret chests at the bottom of lakes, uh, different glitches that actually fly around different places. Uh, I watched a video of getting one of the one of the enemy characters to steal the master sword while it's still <laughs> that in the was so good uh, I was going to send you that one actually I'm glad it found its way to you uh, it's just it's uh, crazy uh, the amount of things that you can do within the game engine itself and the amount of uh, interesting weird glitches that you can potentially uh, find and it's super exciting to see what they're going to do to bring the game engine forward to a, to a sequel and I mean, their sheer attention to detail. Like in a recent playthrough, just in the first area, I came to a river, and for the first time ever, I noticed there's a wood chopping axe embedded in a log. And if you cut down that log at that location, the current drags it, it hits several rocks and makes you a bridge across. You're not required to do this. This isn't a puzzle. There isn't a little victory sign. Just one developer at one point decided, I want to be able to roll a rog across this river, and I'll be danged if I don't put this in. And with that, I think our first episode is coming close to a co close to a close here. So, do I guess now would be a good time to let our viewers know any other projects we have in the pipeline? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I I've been very slowly working on getting recording gear uh, for myself to be able to record some game matches. Uh, I don't know how many uh, Magic the Gathering fans we have listening, but. Uh, been planning on playtesting uh, the dual decks because they've you know finished printing them and uh, there's a lot of statistical data that can be gathered that I can't seem to find elsewhere on the internet. Another project I've been kicking around and some feedback in the comments could help us commit to it one way or the other is the idea of putting some of our Super Mario Maker creations online. Maybe a nice little Bob Ross style happy friendly green smiling trees 
make some stages live, get some feedback. It's an idea that might show up on Titch at some point. And we've also been considering doing a first ever Richard versus Carl D&D podcast live play session where I will be running as the Dungeon Master pre-built Dungeons and Dragon Adventures for our, my esteemed co-host here to attempt to beat by himself with only an animal companion and a two-level head start. I won't be adding any extra pieces to the board, but I will be trying to brutally murder him, and it'll be interesting to see how far he can get. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely in, uh, excited to start playing through that. Uh, so look forward to our, our uh, Twitch stream and subsequent post to YouTube uh, if you're interested in seeing uh, a player versus DM uh, adventure deathmatch. And to wrap things up, for our first week, for our topics next week, we're trying to decide between a dive into Western animation, a dive into the world of anime with the rumored return of Bleach, or possibly some more tabletop RPGs, so feel free to comment below at the kind of content you'd like to see. Thank you all for tuning in, and have yourselves a wonderful time. Thanks for listening. Bye.